That's the best news of the day. I, I didn't think today could get any better. It's 420 day. At, at uh, we'll get into this later. I, I've got a I've got a weed infused massage. I'm getting at two o'clock. We'll explain, wow, that explain later exciting. today. And now you're telling me that the honks are back at four o'clock today. That's the best news yet. That's the best radio show in Seattle. And and I hate Bar to say this. None. I hate to say this because it flies against everything of how I am. I'm a guy. I like it when teams are winning. When everybody's it's happy. Better when they lose. It is better when the Huskies lay an egg and lose the honks. Po- I'm like uh, I'm like the Huskies lost. I have got to get home because the the honk show is going to be on and I got to be relaxed and settle back and enjoy. We, it. We, uh, I, we, I, I love it. I love that show. We sat around a, a, a fire pit after the overtime win uh, in the uh, the first year of, of Mike Leach's Apple Cup uh, in the parking lot across from uh, to Martin Stadium, listening to those lunatics yeah. lose their mind. It is and the best. Our asses off. I mean, it's it's weird in this business. And actually, it was the yeah. last time I listened to it after an Apple Cup. I bet it was. Well, not the last time after an Apple Cup lost, the way things have been going. No, yeah, um, it's weird in this business. You roll certain people together, and you think, hey, uh, this will work. or this, and, and then it does, or it doesn't. Hugh Millen, Dick Baird, uh, and Softy. It's an unbelievably productive, right. funny, and entertaining. And, and they're smart, too. They're, it's it's yeah. great, radio. great uh, radio. Also, before uh, Tony Softly, he's on hold right now. He will uh, join us here momentarily. Uh, I want to mention one more time because I have to. We, we have just become. Will you please read stuff? Well, to you, promote stuff. Yeah, this you, is all we've become. You do a lot of things like this. Free. Well, I have to. It says we get an email. You must read this. Ooh, okay. Free movie Friday program with Adam tickets is back. Uh, mm-hmm. It's your chance at free movie tickets. Text them now. Text the word boots to Adam one for your chance to win the Adam tickets app, where you can browse movie titles, buy tickets, invite friends, pre-order concessions, all from your phone. And skip the lines, Adam. Tickets. There you go. Tony Softly, our NFL executive, joins us on the Beacon Plumbing Hotline. Tony, what is your go-to munchy snack after getting high? <laughs> well, uh, I don't have a snack, uh, a munchy snack. Uh, you know, cigars do give me a nice buzz, but uh, how about what's a, uh, you got a, a nice cool beer after that? How about just a munchy snack in general? Yeah, what's what a snack? Like? What do you got? Like right now, if you could have anything in the world and a, and a snack of some sort, what would it be? You know, I'd have to say a Rice Krispie treat. Oh, yeah, that's good. That's great. Yes, sir. Yeah. Have you ever gone to yeah. Rice? Have you ever made a Rice Krispie? <laughs> this is we go down the rabbit hole. Here we go. Of things that you make <laughs> Rice Krispie treats, but then you mix in peanut butter into into it mm-hmm. too when you bake. No, oh. but uh, chocolate chips for oh, sure, yes. yeah. or no Cocoa doubt. Krispies. No you doubt. can throw some Cocoa Krispies oh. in there and get kind of the same effect. Yeah. There you oh, go. Right now we're getting some. All right, so we uh, we got the draft next week. Is, is the Tony Softly big board? Is it complete for the draft next week? You know, I'm still moving some guys around. Uh, you know, I was uh, telling uh, Ian yesterday on his show that uh, I was looking at just some last minute, uh, you know, filmage that I'm getting in on some guys and some on some games I didn't see, like Denzel Ward's game. Um, against Indiana, where he he got beat up a little bit in the red zone, the corner from Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Indiana and, does that. To and guys. I started, yeah, and I started going back and looking at a few other things, and all of a sudden, you know, it, he struggles against big receivers. I mean, he's he's not a very big guy, you know, five eleven, one eighty three, and so I mean, you know, everybody's putting him as the number one uh, cornerback, and. I'm not sure if uh, Michael Hughes from Central Florida isn't the guy, and, and I'm just kind of mulling over that. So to answer your question along the roundabout way, no, my board isn't set yet. I'm still kind of tinkering with it. 
Tony, our, our teams right now, and I'm, I'm assuming this is the case, that, and, and maybe let's just use the Seahawks as just an example. It's not necessarily Schneider, but somebody in the personnel department whose job it is over the next few days, let's call everybody one more time. I mean, clearly you're going to talk all the way up to the draft, but is there kind of a set thing of, hey, let's, hey, we were talking to the Chargers about this, or we were talking to the Raiders about that, or we were talking to this team about this. Let's call through and see where everybody stands on things. Is is it that in depth, or are you are you waiting for your phone to ring? I mean, how how does it work right now as we get to within one week of the draft? Well, if you're up high, for sure. I mean, if you're in the top ten or fifteen, and and maybe you want to, if you're in eighteen and you want to get to that that point, maybe uh, ten to five to ten somewhere in that range. Right. Yeah, you start calling and you start gauging interest. You know, if if. Uh, if there's a chance our guy's there, would you be willing to, uh, you know, go back to 18? Now, 18 is far to go, but let's just say it's 10. Mm-hmm. And, and now we're or 12. Now we're starting to get a lot of phone calls, a lot of a lot of chatter amongst the top 12 picks in the NFL draft. Uh, and, and you just kind of work it and you massage it. And you actually started that probably about a week and a half ago. And, and while you're doing that, you're also going through scenarios. Okay, if this guy's gone. Who do we like here? Let's set our board. If this guy's gone and that guy's gone, <clears throat> do we trade up for this guy here? Uh, you know, so you start working scenarios and you definitely get on the phone and start gauging interest. Uh, Tony Softley, our guest, it's our NFL exec here at 950KGR, joins us here on the Beacon Plumbing Hotline. No one will have more valuable information next week. And I'm going to tell you right now, no one will be better dressed next week at the NFL draft, <laughs> our coverage uh, at the VMAC. You are, when, and, I, and I'm not joking around, no one knows this better than you in this market in terms of local guys. and Because we can turn to you, you know, myself or Softy or Chuck or Ian will turn to you next week and say, we'll ask you about a player in like the fifth or sixth round. You will have information on those guys. You were the, from what I can remember, you were the first guy that was, was all over Tyler Lockett. You were the first guy that talked a lot about Bruce Irvin, knew a lot about Bruce Irvin. Is there a guy right now that you like, Maybe not at 18, but that we will be talking about this person, you know, come, you know, the Monday after the draft, but you ha- kind of had him on your radar that the Seahawks take. You know, I, I think it, I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm hoping that he's going to be in the area of their pick at 18, and I'm hoping they sit and pick him, and it's Marcus Davenport okay. out of uh, San Antonio. This guy is 6'7", 260 pounds, a freak athlete, still extremely raw. I mean, I mean, he, he's a DPR, not a defensive end. He's a designated pass rusher, hand in the dirt, go hurt that quarterback. That's what this guy is. Uh, he just he just is a piece of clay that needs to be formed right. He needs to be shaped and taught how to use his hands, uh, how to play uh, extremely fast uh, off the ball. Uh, you know, it, it's, he's just, to me, the guy that fits exactly what Seattle likes of a guy coming off the edge. And if there's somehow, some way, that uh, he falls to Seattle and they get a chance to pick him, uh, and he, he's at 18, I would sit and pick this player uh, come, come Friday. And, and I'm just going to give you a hypothetical. We all love hypotheticals. And, and or I should say come Thursday. Yeah. He may not be around at 18, likely won't. Let's just say, for argument's sake, Vita Vea drops to 18. Would you rather have Vita oh Vea God. or Davenport? Oh, man, you can't have enough pass rushers. Um, you know what? And and I've got Vita Vea graded higher. I've got him graded higher. He's a unique athlete that can play across the board. Uh, he can play the old Red Bryant five technique if they decide to go back to that form of defense. And now that Ken Norton's back, that could be some change up that you might see. 
Uh, but he can play the one technique, the nose, the tilted nose, the three technique. Vita Vea is, is a freak athlete. And uh, I, I was watching his high school coach sent me a tape of him playing some running back. And you should see this guy run the ball at 280 pounds. He looks like he's 250. So, I mean, you know, I would take Vita Vea. I've got him graded yeah. higher. Uh, you know, uh, Vea, I'm, I'm on uh, one of the coolest things I've been associated with in my years in Seattle is I'm on the board of directors for the Morris Trophy, which is presented by the Washington Athletic Club and is given to the top offensive and defensive linemen in the Pac-12 each year. It's a cool award because it's voted on by the players, and they're the ones who know, obviously. Vea was the winner on defense this year. The winner on offense was Tyrell Crosby. There's never been a doubt that Vea was going to be a, a, a first-round pick. Crosby, I've seen sneaking up a lot of people's boards, Tony. He he seems to have had a really productive January to April workout session because he was, I think when we gave him the Morris Trophy, I think he was a second or third rounder projected. I've seen him creep into the first round in some drafts. Yeah, you know, that's uh, that's the media creeping. Uh, I think the NFL boards might have already had him there. Um, okay. You know, but uh, you can't ignore uh, the chatter in the spring uh, that you're hearing. Uh, because the media guys are talking to guys like me when I was in the league, in, in, or scouts, and they're leaking some of that information. So, yeah, no, there's some excitement growing for Crosby. There's no doubt about that. And, and I understand because I can, I can hear people. There's no way Vita Vey will be there. Why even ask the question? Again, I, the, a lot of mock drafts have him going hey, like 11, 12, 13. You're right. You but never you never know because I'm looking at one at USA Today that has him, you know, their projection at, at 20th to the Lions. Uh, so I, I'm with you. I, I think if they remain at 18 and that big that big man is still sitting there, there is no way you can bypass him. He is just a wrecking ball. He is he's a stud, Tony. He's he's so athletically gifted for being so big. He's unbelievable. I mean, sitting at the combine watching him run the 40. I, I mean, it, I, w- I was just laughing the whole time. It's like, look at this. This guy's, you know, 347 pounds. Look, look at a, look at smooth athlete. Mm-hmm. And everybody's everybody asks me, why do they have the big guys run the 40? Well, there's two reasons. One, you're looking for the 10 and the 20. Those, that's the get off and the quickness, right. the initial burst and acceleration you're looking for in both offense and defensive linemen. But for me, I want to see that big man run the whole 40 yards because that tells me one, what kind of athlete he is, and two, is he in shape. And he was both of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's just a, he's just a freak athlete, and he's a damn good football player. The funny thing is about him, I've I've got to kind of know him a little bit. Went out to the pro day. He's a jokester too. He's got a hell of a personality. He likes screwing around, so he's going to fit into the locker room wherever he goes real well. Tony, we see several guys come out of non let's see non marquee programs or the top Division One or top you know Super Power Five conference programs. Over the years, we've seen lots of guys in the NFL make it who didn't come that direction. That being said, I mean, I'm looking at all the mock drafts, and, and really the one guy who kind of jumps out who did not play in a power conference is Marcus Davenport. You mentioned him earlier from Texas San Antonio. Does a guy like that typically have to overachieve a little bit in the analysis? Because if you're looking at him versus, say, a guy from LSU or a guy from UCLA who you feel played top-notch competition each week, how much does that weigh in to analysis versus, look, this guy's raw and he's good and it doesn't matter that he played in Conference USA, he is going to be a great, great player. Yeah, you always weigh in the conference, the level of competition, there's no question. Uh, you always migrate to the film where did they play out of conference at a higher level, so you really go ahead and grade that film. Right. But you look at everything overall, and then there's a reason why you watch them at the Combine, and then the NFL spends millions of dollars to fly their coaches and their scouts back out to work these guys out individually. Then you walk them through and put them through 
certain scenarios, certain drills, you know, and you try to break him and, and you try to change him and teach him things within about a half an hour, 45 minute workout. And then you want to see once he gets tired, will he revert back to muscle memory? Will he revert back to the old habits that he was? Or will he learn? Will he go ahead and advance within that workout? Then you also want to go in and watch film with him. You know, what did you do here? Why did you do this? Uh, and then teach him techniques that will aid him into the future and, and see how he handles that just in a short workout period. So, yeah, you, you look at the DNA, you look at the level of competition, but you also go work him out and you try to break him and you try to get that inner grit out of him to see if he's going to be the guy that you really want to work with in the future. Tony, let's just assume they don't use the number 18 pick at all. And, and let's say they don't even, well, they don't use it on a running back. And I'm just looking at uh, a Rob Rang's site, NFLDraftScout.com. I'm looking at guys that are ranked because as of now, they don't have a second or a third round pick. So I'm looking at guys right. that are like fourth to fifth round running backs. Who Because I want them to get a running back. I'd like to see them, and they will draft a guy, but I'd like to see them draft like a uh, you know, a, a value running back, you know, someone who could, you know, legitimately come in here and, and compete. Of this group of guys where they have ranked in that fourth to fifth range, Jalen Samuels out of North Carolina State, John Kelly, Tennessee, Royce Freeman, Oregon, Mark Walton out of Miami, Josh Adams out of Notre Dame, uh, Scarborough out of Alabama, Kalen Balaj out of Arizona State, and Wadley out of Iowa. Of that group, is there anyone in there that, that you like? Yeah, there is. First, you got to throw Scarborough a lot. I'm not sure he's going to pass uh, physicals with a lot of teams. He's got double ACLs now. I mean, he's going to get into camp. He might play in the league, but there's a lot of people that have red flags on him from a medical standpoint. Uh, the two guys that you mentioned, John Kelly and uh, Royce Freeman. Uh, Freeman has got a lot of, of wear and tear. He's got a lot of tread off the tire. Just his production and the Pac-12 and you know the leading rusher and all all the accolades that he has. But, man, at 5'11", 231, this guy rolls. I mean, he rolls. He can catch the ball out of the back. So I really like him. I like him over John Kelly out of Tennessee. He's a little bit shorter, 5'9", 212. Uh, he's a junior coming out early. Uh, Royce is a senior. Now, the thing about uh, Royce, you don't have to take him off the field. He's also a, thir a good third-down blocker. But the guy that I have above both of those guys that I don't think is going to be there uh, out of the third round, maybe the worst-case scenario, the top of the fourth, is Rashad Penning from uh, San, San Diego State. Mm -hmm. This guy is a kickoff return. You guys have seen his highlight films, mm -hmm. a 2,000-yard rusher. He is the real deal. And right now I've got him ranked sixth, uh, and I have Royce Freeman uh, uh, seventh. So, yeah, he's he's a special, special player. A week from now, Tony, we, we may know the fate of Earl Thomas. I mean, maybe not ultimately because they may keep him around for a while and who knows, maybe there'll be a holdout. We're going to discuss that actually later in the show. But the point being, if there's going to be a trade, it'll likely happen on the first day of the NFL draft or before. What's your gut tell you a week from now? Will we still be talking about Thomas as a member of the Seahawks or will they have pulled the trigger on a dramatic trade that will affect their draft a little bit and that will allow them to, to move on to whatever's going to be next after Earl? Yeah, I think, I think Earl's going to be a Seahawk. And, uh, you know, there, there's still a chance, still an opportunity. Uh, you know, I, I think if somebody calls them and, and uh, gives them a, a, a blockbuster deal um, and they drool and they pull the trigger, well, then it'll happen. But I really believe in my gut that uh, he'll be a Seattle Seahawk. He's, got, he's one year under contract, $8.5 million, coming off a of Pro Bowl season. He's still playing at a high level. Uh, 
And, and they don't want to lose a player like that. I mean, the only way they do it is if somebody gives away uh, the bank to get him. And, um, and then you've got to really make that decision uh, moving forward. Now, the one thing is, is if you do trade him, you better damn well get a lot of picks for him. And then the biggest thing is you better pick some good players. You better, you better be able to pick the cherry off the tree because it hasn't happened the last few years. They've been spotty here and there, but they have not knocked it out of the park like in 2010, 2011. Uh, it, just, it just hasn't happened the last couple of years. I'm sure you got some coaching to do later today. Uh, what do you got, a beverage of choice later tonight? You got a cigar that you like to pair that beverage with? No, no cigar tonight. I've got an event uh, with my father out at the University of Washington, Coach Peterson and staff put on a reunion for the former players and coaches before the spring game. So we're going to go out and do that and enjoy the evening. Have a, have a few cocktails though. There's no question about that. Oh, all right. You going to go to the game tomorrow? Yeah, I'm going to go out and nice. take a peek. I've also got a track meet up in Snohomish. So I've got to kind of cut out a little early, but uh, I'll definitely swing by there. It's a busy guy. What you are. <laughs> a lot busier than me, I'll tell you that much. All right, we will see you next week. Uh, I can't wait to, to sit down with you and, and everyone here and uh, get your knowledge next week uh, at the VMAC as we get our draft coverage started on Thursday. We'll talk to you next week. You got it, guys. Have a good weekend. Tony Softly right there, our NFL exec right here on Sports Radio 950 KJR, and he's got a wealth of knowledge with the draft starting next week. I hope they were listening out there at the home of the Renton Seabirds. Get a lot of picks and take a good player. Sometimes the obvious things are the things you overlook. Those are two things. Yeah. I am 100% with Coach Softly on this yes. one. Let's get a lot of picks for this guy if we're moving him, and then let's use one of those picks to take a really good player. That I, sounds obvious. Let's not blow that part of the if deal. If they have 18, and and, and it, what the, the, the conundrum I'll have, if, if both my two favorite players are right there, Geis and Vea, I don't know which way to go. I don't. I don't know. I, 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 You're going against the Husky. No, Come on, I deep love Vita Vea. I, everybody love does, but deep down, if you have to I make think, a pick, no, I think. He, well, one, I think you get more. You would get more shelf life out of Vita Vea. You've got you've got Jen Cohen as an would, angel on one shoulder and Jen Cohen as a devil on the other shoulder. Which way are you going? The devil. See. You're going against him. I like the devil. Joe, I, well, I like Jen Cohen devil. Uh, Joe with the Emerald Downs opening day at the racetrack is uh, this Sunday. We'll chat with our old friend about opening day. Back to Puck and the Gas Man on your home for Seattle's best NFL draft coverage. Sports Radio 950, KJR. All right, we're going to catch up with uh, Joe Withy, the voice, the the just grand poobah of Emerald Downs. Uh, racing starting uh, this weekend uh, on Sunday, 2 o'clock, I believe, is the first race. And, of course, uh, Joe, uh, the uh, he's got, the uh, of course, the host of the Win Place show right here on Sports Radio 950 KJR, Saturday and Sunday, 8 to 9. You confirmed that that's the case. I just confirmed with Purple Sheet if that's the case. That, that's good, yeah. He's, he's, he's the guy to confirm it. I wanted to make sure. Is that him on line one? All right, let's go to the Beacon Plumbing Hotline. Joining us, old friend, great friend of the radio program, uh, Joe Withy. Joe, did you ever think the gas man would be back on the airwaves? Yes, I did. Well, that's what <laughs> I that, didn't know you when and where, but I'm not going to say that. But I'm glad to have him back for sure. He's, uh, you know, what I liked about gas all those years is uh, you know, I'm right here. You know, 
Yeah. Oh, he is. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm right here. You could you could say, "Gash, you know what I liked about you all those <laughs> He's years." He's not dead, Joe. <laughs> not, this That's isn't right. a tribute show. Remember the gas man? We're going to bury him tonight out at Emerald Downs, right behind yeah. the bar on the front stretch. It'll be a, a quiet ceremony. They wanted it that way. <laughs> we we did bury one horse in the infield. Nobody's supposed to know about the great Captain Condo back in our first season. But uh, wait, wait, anyway. wait, 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 yeah, that's that was, outstanding. Uh, that was against uh, city regulations, but the statute of limitations <laughs> is up now. So, is it? Are you sure? You're sure? Like the Auburn and oh, come over God. here in an hour and say, "All right, let's start digging, boys." Well, yeah, Captain. You remember Captain Condo? Sure. First so that's right. When you were uh, getting on the air on KGR, ninety-one was his big year, and uh, in fact, he holds several records still. But uh, he came out to Gallup. For our first weekend ever, we opened on a Thursday, and he was going to be paraded in front of the crowd on Sunday. He was retired, of course, by then. But uh, And so Vaden Ashby, his owner-trainer, uh, just had him out to gallop, stretch his legs a little bit, and he had a heart attack out on the track, oh. and it was just it was pretty sad. He was, uh, let's see, he would have been about 16 at the time, so he lived a good life. But uh, so, yeah, there was a little thing going on there, and I don't know about it myself. I just heard about it. Of yeah, course. of course not. Yeah, you, you should <laughs> maintain <laughs> some maintain some deniability. Is a, is a good idea. It might not even be true. <laughs> anyway, gas. No, really, you know. I mean, it just yeah. made up the whole story. This is the best. You know, I've, I've heard Withy do the Win Blaze show for a quarter century, and, and it's a fine show. We've uh, never had a better story than this one right here. This is got, really something. You have to retell well, that on Saturday hey, and Sunday. You know, and he was one of the all-time greats in the state, too, so uh, that's what that's why it happened, but even uh, I think it happened. So, um, But, Mike, uh, you know, all those years, I mean, you were an expert on the major sports, you know, you and Graz had so many years together, but uh, you were always the guy that gave uh, some of the other sports a, a shot, and you had interest in other sports, true interest. And I always liked that because, uh, you know, you know, you, the Mariners, Seahawks all day, all the time is a little much for me, but, uh, you know, I still love going to high school games. Well, you know, uh, high school I, I, always, I always thought that came from, you know, people say, why, why are you into so many? And I was like, I, I grew up a wide world of sports kid. I mean, we watched yeah, wide world of sports every Saturday afternoon, and it would be like barrel jumping up in Minnesota, and the next thing you know, they're going to quarter horse racing at Riodoso Downs, and, and then they're mm-hmm. going to go to something else. And it's like, I, I just, I love it. I like competition of any kind, and I like the, and horse racing's hardly quirky, but I like the, the, the different, you know, kind of things that, that you could cover. And I, I never met anything that I couldn't find something interesting about if it involved competition. Yeah. I was thinking of you last weekend when uh, Bill Knack, the great Bill uh, Knack, passed yeah. away because you got him out to uh, Emerald Downs for that secretariat uh, 30-year reunion. Uh, Penny Tweedy came out as well. Uh, that was, uh, you know, we did a little story on that. It's on YouTube, and it's got a lot of hits. Anything secretariat's got a lot of hits on sure. YouTube. but. Uh, yeah, you helped get that thing going. You were actually the MC of it, and uh, Bill Knack was one of the great uh, sports writers in, in thoroughbred racing history, for I'll, sure. I'll ask both of you the question. You guys both answer. Bill, you go first. His impact on the sport, Bill Knack. Bill Knack's impact on the sport is is unbelievable because, again, he secretary it was going to be a great story anyway, but you needed someone to chronicle it. And of all things, this guy who's just recently become a turf rider, he'd become a horse racing rider about mm-hmm. three or four years earlier, and he, but he had loved horse racing since he was a kid, and he happens to be at, I think, was it at Pimlico or Laurel at, Park? It's in Baltimore, at, right? 
Well, I I think his first race was in New York. Was it New York? Yeah. It, yeah either it was way, Belmont, I think. Yeah, Knack's there. He's there when Secretariat's a two-year-old, right? and Secretariat I don't think even wins that first race. But Knack goes. Knack goes. There he is. That horse right there. Mm. I'm going to watch the and 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 so it was. Right. It was tremendous. So it's more his impact on that story because Bill by then was you know, he was kind of establishing himself as a as a right. writer. Right. But, uh, it's. Yeah. He, no, and he's he, just a terrific guy, too, Joe. He was so charming that afternoon oh, we yes. had him out at the Downs. Yeah. You bet. Great guy. Yeah, he he happened to be there for Secretary's first ever race. And I think he just had a ton of trouble, and he closed like a rocket to finish fourth. And then he, he won his next eight races and was Horse of the Year as a two-year-old, which is pretty rare. And But Knack, yeah, every step of the way through his whole career. And I was just telling some people uh, – that uh, yeah, me and two of my buddies, we went down to South Center from Long Acres and drank for about four hours the afternoon he passed away there in 1989. Yeah. Uh, Secretariat, that is. He he was uh, something else, and Knack was the was the yeah the force behind that. I, Look, I, you want to hear real quick, real quick, Joe? And I don't know if I've told you this before, but it's so funny. It was the day I emceed that lunch, and I'm sitting at the lunch between. Bill Knack and Penny Chenery, Penny Twee, who who owned Penny was the woman who owned the horse, mm-hmm. and she passed away about a year ago too. Just a delightful woman. Yeah, she and Bill had a weird little rivalry because Penny's like, you know, he's my horse, and and Bill's like written all this stuff about it to the point where people started assuming it was Bill's horse. And Bill's given his speech that day, and Penny leads over to me and goes, you know, I think sometimes he thinks he owned this horse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, he was that much a part of it for sure. And, you know, he wrote the definitive book and maybe a couple of books on Secretary. Actually, I know he wrote the the most definitive one for sure. Yeah, that was uh, uh, a loss um, in the, the whole industry there for Mr. Knack passing away. Glad to have met him back in uh, night, uh, 2003 when uh, Gas had the group out and we had our Secretariat Day. Mm-hmm. I like. I like to call him the, the King of Emerald Downs. Joe with the uh, joining us here on the Beacon Plumbing Hotline. The Win Place Show uh, airs this weekend, right? Is it, does it start Saturday? Uh, we've been on a couple weeks. Oh, now. have you? Yeah. Well, that's my fault. I'm sorry. Eight Joe. to nine a.m. Saturday and Sunday. Back started in 1996. Wow. Zucker, Dan Zucker, the mayor, got yeah. things going when he was a, an, a, an ad exec there, and. Uh, we called it uh, a day at the races for a couple few years. Softy was even a host for one year. I know. Well, we and, need uh, tape of that. Kenny B. Uh, yeah, <laughs> oh, Kenny, Kenny B. was a host. Some real broadcast yeah. legends on Hold this show. Hold on, Kenny B. The <laughs> yeah. Kenny B. was a host of the racing show on KJR. He was. Oh, uh, you know, Zucker and I did most of the talking, but oh, uh, Kenny was into it. And he comes oh. out. Uh, another thing gas started, another tradition, the December 26th thing. We were waiting for you to come back to that one of these years, gas. But uh, he said, yeah, you know, let's get a little get together. And, yeah, we've been doing that uh, uh, opening day, Santa Anita, day after Christmas. And awesome. uh, Kenny B still comes to that every year. But not so the gas. Gas we, is too We have a good group. Yeah, I, I, I go was to, there for the big show parlay win a few years ago. I, I go to the track on Whidbey because it's closer to. Wait a minute, there's not a track on Whidbey. Hey, Joe, yeah. real real quick uh, for for this season, there's some pretty dramatic mm-hmm. changes at Emerald Downs uh, in terms of how business is being done. And I mean, it's been kind of over the last couple of years, but I think people, correct me if I'm wrong, people are going to notice it a little more this year when they come out that it's a little bit different than it's been. Well, we totally renovated our fifth floor. We have a clubhouse casino up there with 15 table games. So, I mean, it's all spanking brand new still up there. We have a great simulcast center, so that's horse racing. Uh, the clubhouse casino uh, is open till 2 a.m., so that's a little different for those of us that have been here forever. You know, the track's open every night until 2 a.m. with the casino upstairs. 
you know, racing is uh, it's its own game still. We're good there. Uh, the Muckleshoot tribe, of course, owns the business and the land now, and they have applied for uh, trust status, Indian land status, and if they get that, then they'll be able to put in some uh, gaming machines and you know, uh, let's face it, a lot of states have uh, been enhanced. Purses, some mm-hmm. of the money would go to purses, and uh, racing purses go up. Everything kind of follows from there. So, uh, you know, we're certainly ready for this year, and we're looking to the future as well. Anything special you guys got? I mean, I know you guys got plenty of things uh, planned for Sunday on opening day. You want to share those? What, what do you got on, yeah. on store? You know, this is the first time ever a, a race meet, a thoroughbred race meet, has opened on a Sunday. So we're going to have one good day this week and, and move on from there Saturday and Sunday next week. But we do have usually a little giveaway on opening day. So we've got uh, 20 of those uh, fancy 4K TVs to give away. Just fill out your free entry blank when you come into the track. And uh, the grand prize later in the day will be a 63-inch. The other ones, I think, are 40. So, or a 60-inch is the grand prize, yeah. So free TVs, uh, 10 races starting at 2 o'clock. The weather's going to be nice. That's great. And, uh, you know, all the horse stars from last year are back. Usually, you know, you get a couple retire or, or a mare goes off to the breeding shed or something. But uh, Mach 1 Rules is back and Elliott Bay and Citizen Kitty and Sippin' Fire and so forth. They're all coming back. Uh, Barkley, uh, and we're expected to have the Mile Champ back. He's in California right now. Gold Rush Dancers, actually Washington-owned, and he's going to be pointing for the mile in August as well. So uh, I think we're going to have good racing this year as well. Can you comment on the rumor that Rondo Stables is back in the business? He is. Bob Rondo is uh, a horse owner again. And, you know, that guy, I don't know how much you know about that, Gas, but... uh, he has an excellent eye for a horse. Rondo, he, he, he's unbelievable. He he is unbelievable to sit a, a to watch the sport with, but also yeah. I've never been at a sale with him. But he's gone to sales and he'll say, "Ah, this one's going to be good, and this one's in, yeah. and they got what what they name him? Billy's in the fridge, right? Uh, you know, I didn't get the name. Yeah, I, Billy's I, in the fridge is the name. I'm pretty sure that's huh. it. And that two year old that we're going to see, uh, I think I think a filly, I believe. I may be wrong. Okay. I just talked to Bob the other day, and yeah, he's excited to get back in horse ownership. He you're right. He has an excellent eye. Uh, grew up in Colorado, and him and his father were into horses, and okay. it's carried over. And he's back into it now that he's got a little extra free time. Yeah. The only thing I look when I go when I when I uh, attend uh, Emerald Downs, the first thing I look at is is there uh, any of the jockeys last name Bays? How many Bays do we still have? Bays left? Because <laughs> if you I know, see a we... Bays, Joe, you know me, I go right to him. Gary Bays, the all-time all-timer in the family up here. He's uh, one of the stewards now. He makes okay. all the rulings. He eventually, he finally retired. Gary had an outstanding career. Robbie Bays, a cousin, is a trainer. We don't have any Bays jockeys right now. Okay, but the trainer works for me. If I see a horse that he's been trained by a Bays, I'm in. Uh, Joe, love having you on. Uh, It's great, uh, and I'm sure it's great for you to catch up with the gas man. And and have fun this weekend. Thanks, Puck. Gas, good to catch up with you. We'll see you down the road soon. Thanks, Joe. Thank you, Joe. Okay. Again, uh, opening day of racing uh, this Sunday at Emerald Downs. Get on down there. It's even if you're not into horse racing, I'm going to just tell you right now. My family loves it. My kids well, love it. It's family. First of all, it's family friendly. It's mm-hmm. it's awesome. Your kids can run around. Uh, and what kids don't like looking at horses? Right. So that's right. fun. They got a whole play area for them. My my wife is <laughs> addicted to horse racing. Loves it. Yeah. How we went Mother's Day a couple years ago. We went out. It's, a, went it, out there. it's uh, the concessions are priced normally. Oh, that's great. It's so uh, much fun. And and you know for the you know for the kid the aforementioned uh, 
Actually, it wasn't Kenny B, but Kenny B loved this. The aforementioned mayor, Dan Zucker, you know, yeah. maybe it was Kenny B, but they used to tell their kids when they were real little, like yours, maybe your daughter's a little too old to pull okay. this with, but, but your son, you want to go to the horsey zoo with daddy? <laughs> And, and and they'd take the kids out to the horsey zoo, oh. and for a, for a few years, these we, kids just think they're going to the horsey. They don't know the dad's out there basically putting the family rent on, on the line my, to try and win My daughter knows how to bet and everything. She's oh, unbelievable. We, that's we, good. We, she loves it. She's uh-huh. like, oh, what's my horse? Because once they know, oh, I have number six, mm-hmm. and then they're just like, ah, come on, number six. That's like, it. Is there a bays on it? Because we only bet if there's a bays on it. The bays is a good bet out of Emerald. All right, uh, uh, 950 KJR Labrador, Niner Nate. We sent him out uh, on the streets yesterday to interview Mariner fans uh, to ask them about what should they do with our veteran Japanese superstar. That's next. Now back to Puck and the Gas Man on your home for Seattle's best NFL draft coverage. Sports Radio 950, KJR. All right, uh, yesterday uh, before the uh, Mariners game, and a quick reminder, we got lunch with listeners coming up here in about uh, about 10 minutes or so. Uh, brought to you by the Other Coast Cafe. It's a Friday, so we play people's score, and our question will be, and we'll need 12 jurors, do you believe Earl Thomas's people when they say he will not hold out he's assured john snyder he will not hold out uh by participating in our people's court our lunch with listeners you win a 25 dollars gift card to georgetown beer because it's a georgetown beer friday and also a gift card from uh the other coast cafe so nine or eight our lovable labrador here at kjr and we tried this two weeks ago. We wanted him to go out opening day and do some man on the street interviews and he couldn't do it because he couldn't find a mic flag and in nate's mind the, the mic flag, which is the thing you see when you look at a microphone, it's got the station's logo on it. You see him on TV and radio. In his mind, without that, he was not considered official and therefore no. couldn't stop it, couldn't be bothered to stop anybody on the street he, and ask him a couple of questions. He didn't want to feel like he was, he didn't want to feel stupid. He felt he felt stupid yeah. without the mic That's right. flag. That's right. So uh, we sent him out, of course, he, nine or eight. He's a Bay Area through and through. He's wearing a shark sweater today. Yeah. He's all about the Warriors, the Giants, and of course, his beloved. San Francisco 49ers. So we sent him out on the street yesterday uh, to gauge Mariner uh, fans' reactions and their thought on uh, what to do with their uh, their Japanese aging veteran, their legend. What should they do with him? And uh, we put him on the streets, and Nate, he delivered for us. This is Niner Nate. I'm out here at Safeco Field today. We're going to find out how much Mariner fans know about their own team. Let's go ask some people some questions. I'm here with my new friend. What's your name, man? Ben. All right, Ben. I'm Niner Nate, the most famous Niner fan in all of Seattle. I'm sure you've heard of me. <laughs> I, I I have heard of you. I wish I hadn't, though. Oh, wow. That, all right. All right. Okay. That's fine. Wow. Uh, so I'm going to ask you a question about the Mariners this year. So they went back, and they got a Japanese legend. He's not doing so hot. Do you think they should cut Kazuhiro Sasaki? Kazuhiro? <laughs> I thought we were talking about Ichiro, but if you're talking about Kazuhiro, then yeah, he should be cut because he's not on the team. But Kazu- I'm pretty sure it's Kazuhiro Sasaki. The Mariners have the longest drought in all, all playoffs, in all sports. Do you think this is year they finally break the 108-year playoff drought? <laughs> yes, and I think the Niners are going to go on to do, break that even more. All right, one more question. Jimmy Garoppolo, he's been thought of as the baby Tom Brady. How many Super Bowls do you think Jimmy Garoppolo will win? Seven, eight, maybe even ten? I want to say zero, but... He's too good. All right, so I'm out here with, uh, what's your name? Nick. Andrew. Mitchell. All right, so I'm Niner Nate from 950KGR. I'm sure you've heard of me. <laughs> you have heard of me. Uh, I think I have, yeah. 
<laughs> All right. Most I famous Niner fan in all of Seattle. Okay. So I'm going to ask you some questions about the Mariners. So the Mariners went way back. Got a Japanese legend. Not doing so hot this year. Do you think they should cut Kazuhiro Suzaki? Yes. <laughs> yeah, cut him. Uh, let's see what he's got for another year. All right. Okay. All right. One more. Qu- I got a few more questions for you, actually. All right. <laughs> Don't so leave. the Mariners have the longest playoff drought in all of sports. Do you think that this is the <sighs> year they break that 108-year playoff drought? I hope so. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yes, it is the year. All right, and sure. finally, why not? Most important question you're going to answer today: Jimmy Garoppolo, also known as Baby Tom Brady. How many Super Bowls is he going to win? Seven, eight, ten, maybe? Thinking only four. I'm thinking he's going to get one Super Bowl. I I don't know. I zero. Zero. Wow. Zero. All right, so I'm out here at Safeco. I got my new friend. What's your name? Mike. All right, I'm Niner Nate, most famous Niner fan in all of Seattle. I'm sure you've heard of me. Totally. Totally. See? Have you guys heard of me? I don't know how you haven't heard of me yet. Okay. This year, the Mariners <laughs> went out and got a Japanese legend. He's not doing so hot. It's been a rough year for him. Oh, Do you think the Mariners should cut Kazuhiro Suzaki? Not yet. <laughs> not yet? How much longer do you think they should give him? A month. A month. Yeah, so month? this is this year is basically the year that we realize the Mariners have the longest playoff drought in history. Do you think this is the year they break that 108-year playoff drought? It has been 108 years. Are you sure? I, I'm pretty sure it's been 108 years. <laughs> pretty sure it hasn't. Are you, okay. He's our, pretty our, sure it's not 108, it's 108 but he, he, he okay. wants to keep anyway, Final question, most important. Jimmy Garoppolo, pretty much baby Tom Brady. He's going to win a lot of Super Bowls, but how many exactly? Oh. Is it seven, eight? Maybe even 10? Uh, I think he's probably got five in him anyways. Five. It's going to do it from here at Safeco Field. Uh-huh. It's obvious here that Seattle fans do not like the 49ers, but they do want to keep Kazuhiro Suzaki around for a long time. <laughs> they think he still has it in him. There's Niner Nate signing off. There he is, Niner Nate, man that's, that's on the straight. Work. That was good work. I, I like the how many Super Bowls is Jimmy Garoppolo? At? Oh, he's so good. Like he's so good. He's played like five games. How do we know how good he is? Who knows? Oh, uh, if you see him, him around, uh, he's got a, he's a big, dopey looking fella, nicest guy you'll ever see. He's always decked out in Niners gear. Niner Nate, man on the street. Uh, lunch with listeners is coming up next after headlines. I believe with uh, Matt Mikolas. Uh, we will play People's Court. We do it every single Friday. Our question to you is, do you believe Earl Thomas's people when they say he will not hold out? You get a, you can win a $25 gift card to Georgetown Brewery. Also a gift card to our Lunch with Listener sponsor, Other Coast Cafe.